Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here with you all. I am Tony. I am Peggy. And we're two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. Man. Speaking of welcome to the campfire, does everybody remember that a campfire is not an ashtray? One of the things that we've heard from campground owners, and we have the good fortune of speaking with a lot of them now with this new segment on the podcast of talking to campground owners, a lot of people use the fire pit as a garbage can and that's not okay yeah they unfortunately what happens is you know cigarette butts and trash they actually have to have their staff come around and clean that out before you show up to enjoy your experience right so the bottom line with this is leave any place that you get to enjoy as an RVer a little bit better than you found it. Right. We did an episode before where we talked about the Leave No Trace program, and we'll put a link to that podcast episode. But I just kind of wanted to give you a little reminder that you should leave things better than you find them. Don't leave trash laying around. I I know that a lot of public places are being shut down right now because people are leaving trash all over the place. And there's not enough staff and rangers to take care of that so they just close it down and there's no place to camp it is becoming a problem so you know as stressless campers let's all kind of work together to leave the places better than we found them so that we still have places because truthfully there are national forests walmart parking lots and places more and more are getting put off limits for we are veers and it's because of some of us But not all of us. And certainly not any of you, I know. I know it's none of you. No, you guys are awesome. So anyway, that riles me up, man. I wish there was some great way I could just chill. Okay, listen, just calm down. Do you remember that episode of Bob's Burgers we saw recently? (laughs) Yes, I do. Bridge over troubled Rudy. While the kids were messing around with Rudy, the adults were actually learning to meditate. Yeah. And Bob was really good at it. And he's usually, I don't don't know if you watch it, but he's kind of a stressed out guy. And he got so good at meditating and being calm that he won the calm contest with Jimmy Pesto from the other restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) But hilariously, at the very end, he said, well, I'm going to go back to work now because being relaxed is exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) I love that show. I think there's some dude who made a cookbook of all the burgers that he saw on the chalkboard. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Anyway. Well, anyway, Emily and Travis know how to be relaxed and meditate and breathe. And follow their dreams. And not be exhausted. No, they are the definition of stressless campers. And we will have them when we come right back. Did you make our camping reservations? No, everything's full. We might have to rethink our trip. No way. Did you look at Boondockers Welcome? You remember they have hosts all over the place where we can stay free. Some that are totally off-grid camping and some with partial and even full hookups. There's all kinds of great places to overnight. Of course. And we even have a coupon code to join Boondockers Welcome on our partners page. 
you can save five bucks when you sign up. How could I forget? There are all kinds of great places we can find on the Boondockers Welcome website. Our trip is saved. And speaking of saving money, we will, since there's no charge to stay at any Boondockers Welcome site. It's the best deal out there, and it's a great way to meet local hosts and stay in local places and expand our journey. Well, I'm going to finish planning our epic road trip, and it's going to be even better with stays we find on the Boondockers Welcome website. And it's so easy to locate hosts along your next epic adventure. Welcome back. Relax, everybody. But not if you're driving. If you're driving, <laughs> you might want to save this for later. But it's also inspirational. So we are very fortunate to have as our guests actually in person, yes. Emily and Travis from Everyday Adventures, Emily and Travis make their living on the road in their Rockwood GeoPro teaching yoga and sound therapy. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs> Thank you for being here. We should also say that Travis and Emily are here because they are guests of our Boondockers Welcome site. Yes. Yeah. This is why we are Boondockers Welcome hosts for these <laughs> wonderful experiences. We love it. And we appreciate you being here. And we'd love to hear more about what you do. Thank you. First of all, it's great to meet you both. And thank you for hosting us. It was our first Boondockers Welcome stay. And so, yeah, it was like, wow, that membership was worth it. So yeah, we sold our house in Southern Colorado early March and decided to kind of take our show on the road. I teach yoga and Travis does sound therapy with planetary gongs and other, mm -hmm. other sound instruments. And we are just really kind of embarking early on this adventure of traveling through the United States. We've been to so far, New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, Nevada, and California. Wow, California. Nice I, job, California. Yeah, well done. Every time we come to a new place, we're like, well played, California. <laughs> so much more to see than we would have anticipated. So we're having a great time. Since COVID started, I created a yoga gong and breathing adventures group on Facebook and just started teaching free classes, which was great. And then started getting some donations for those classes. And then the shift happened where we kind of always wanted to just sort of take off and do more traveling. And it was like, well, wait, I never thought I would teach online and now I am. And now we're doing this thing and it's actually feasible that we could sell our house and go on the road. And so here we are. We really feel supported. It was like, let's list our house. Boom, boom, boom. On the market, sold. Mm -hmm. We got the last, <laughs> we got the last ePro that Windish RV in Colorado Springs had. And it happened to be that the day I called, we were able to put a deposit on it and have them hold it while we sold our house. And it, we just felt really supported throughout this whole thing. And now we've got some monthly members on our site and hopefully some live events now that things are opening up a little bit. Some more live events. It's good to be with you in person. Yes. Yeah. So true proof that you can take your passion and take it on the road. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which is super Absolutely. cool. So for our audience, what in the world is sound therapy? So it's basically creating a altered state of consciousness where the mind and body can heal. So it's, it's kind of the way I like to explain it. It's a shortcut to meditation. You can spend, you know, the 30 years on the cushion trying to get to this space, or you can come to a, a sound therapy practitioner and 
most people can get into that space a lot faster. And it's not a small endeavor at all. No. You have got, so we'll have photographs, but for those of you who aren't seeing here and who aren't here with us, there is a very large gong in our living room. <laughs> and I forgot the name of the other instrument you brought in. It's a Rev Vast. And I've got some Koshi Chime. And uh, this is called a Vibratone. And you said this is not the small, the, the gong. This is you're the looking, it's the what, about three and a half feet? Yeah, this is a. A 32-inch diameter. Okay. The larger gong that we have is a 38-inch diameter, and we also have a 24-inch. Yeah, so, so it's, it's, it's no small endeavor to, no. to right. pull this off. <laughs> a lot of real estate in our small rig. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So how did you start in this field? Basically seeking these different practices, different ways of altering your consciousness as I get older, I, the the drinking and drugs and things like this aren't really, that doesn't work anymore. So I went to more spiritual practices and um, one of our teachers, I didn't know what a gong was. I had no idea. Besides, you know, the, what everybody thinks a gong is, you think of the, depending on what age you are, the, the gong, the gong show, show. Right, yes. of course. <laughs> the big kind of Asian style wind gongs. But this was something totally new to me. So uh, a teacher of ours said she was doing a, a gong sound journey. And it just blew my mind. I Her mean, name I had, is Vesuda de los Santos. Yeah, she's amazing. She's incredible. She's and in it's house. not like yeah. you're not just there swinging this mallet going gong. <laughs> no, I mean, no, it's no. a whole different experience. Uh, yeah, you learn to play it. And there's different mallets that create different sounds. There's different speeds at which you play to create different kind of sound atmospheres. And yeah, it can be people who don't know what they're doing with it. It can be a very shocking and jarring experience. I mean, you can really do some damage. Yeah. 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 So you have to be really sensitive. I think it, it ties with the yoga in that way of with, with these practices that we do, you know, you start with a gross, like with an asana yoga practice, it's like stand here and put your arm here. And this is what the physical body is doing. But then as you get a deeper understanding, it's more of like the subtle energy currents in the body and what's happening with that. And I feel like Travis has a lot of sensitivity to be able to just barely touch the gong and allow the sound to start to come up so that as people are in this, you know, hopefully if it's an event that we're doing together, they've just done a yoga practice and they're really grounded and they're lying on the ground and they're already relaxed. But then as he starts to bring the sound up, there's nothing that's going to cause you to get into that fight or flight. So it's all about activating the parasympathetic nervous system. And we do that with breath. We do that with, you know, other practices, but um, it's in that space that, that rest restore that we get when we're sleeping. It's that same space that we get into with the gong. So the body can be doing repairs while we get into this amazing softened state where you know we can get into all all sorts of different kinds of ways of healing and from a sort of a business standpoint you assume yoga is in person but Mm -hmm. i mean as bad as COVID has been it's taught a lot of people that you don't have to be somewhere to learn so what has it been like to find people who want to 
Well, I guess you started with a Facebook group. Yeah, I started with a Facebook group because I already had a number of students that were like, okay, what do we do now? And it was like, well, okay, I'm going to do this group. I know that for us with doing any kind of sound things with Zoom, it just didn't work because they have the technology that drowns out background noise. So the subtleties of the gong Mm -hmm. is just, it's lost. And so it was like, if we want to still work with a gong and with singing bowls and things like that, let's just do a Facebook live video. The sound comes through great. So we created this group and it was just like, maybe this will be for a few weeks, maybe it'll be a month. But my regular people, it's that consistency, that dinacharya, that daily practice that you have, that regimen that you you don't let that slide. And so for me, for the students, it was like, I can't let that happen. You know, people are doing these practices to help their physical bodies, their emotion mental state, all of that, and we need it now more than ever. So we're just going to keep it going. And yeah, it's really cool because often when we do our Facebook Live classes, we'll have people in other countries. We have a woman from France that joins us a lot, people in the Midwest, people in Colorado, people from all over the place. And we'll just take a moment to just really feel each other. We're all practicing together. We can't see each other. We're all in our own spaces. But you can really, especially when we come live, so I'll post the videos and people can come back to them later too, which is great. But there is still something, that thing that you feel of being with other people and sharing community, you can still do it online, which is so cool. It's so cool to be able to take your passion and your training and skills and then add the component of traveling and seeing this country. And I would imagine, does the travel component sort of add even to the spirituality or to the experience of the customers? I feel like people do really get excited seeing, like asking where we are or seeing where we are. And so if it's not a 4.45 a.m. class like it was this morning, (laughs) I will be outside a lot and then we'll show the background of where we are. And so that's really exciting. And then for us too, I feel like, so we're going on this physical journey of being from one place to the other and really kind of like putting ourselves out there, kind of not knowing where we're headed because we're just wanting to kind of be free flowing right now. So there's something kind of like, scary about that Uh, you know it's kind of reminds you of what our ancestors might have felt like just like going from one place to the other i mean we do have we can you know buy an rv site or whatever but our savings will dwindle pretty fast if we do that so i mean some of these places like Mm -hmm. okay let's message these people seem really cool (laughs) on on this boondocking site like let's reach out to them and see if they'll let us park at their house and wow they're really great and then it kind of opens you up in this new way of kind of not knowing how it's going to be because we could have stayed in our house that was very affordable and just stayed there and rode out covid for Mm -hmm. five years if we needed to and it would have been okay but there's something really cool about kind of pushing that edge of the comfort zone that I think is inspiring for people. And then also, you know, we have all of this access to news and things that are happening in the world. And part of my message with yoga is like, whatever kind of change that you want to see in the world, you know, it's just like Gandhi said, be the change. But really, the only thing that we really have control over is how we act and how we, you know, appreciate our bodies and ourselves and our energy. So if we want to make the world a better place, live in joy. So, I mean, we're going and doing these amazing things every day, and I feel like we're having so much fun with that and meeting people, how hopefully people are inspired by it. And the more support that we get, the more we continue to do it. So it's just this thing that grows, but we're having so much personal healing and and doing this and putting ourselves out there that it's just like every day, like, thank you. This is cool. (laughs) And when we set up our spot for boondockers welcome the idea was to meet cool people who are traveling right and 
then we had COVID and we had people here, but they're like out there in their RVs and we're in here like waving through the window. And you're the, you're the first people we've been able to experience, you know, like share this stories and all. And it's yeah, so awesome. freaking cool. I, yeah. I just, yeah. I love it. And it's a real pleasure having you. I mean, and learning and. Yeah, it's a pleasure being here. I mean, yeah. I'm sure the other people were lovely people as well. Oh, yeah. We just totally didn't totally get a chance to find no out. idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so you do the sound therapy and you do yoga classes but you are also mountain bikers yes <laughs> so everyday adventures in colorado when i started the company in pueblo i bought a couple of mountain bikes so that would fit adults i wanted to lower the barrier to getting into this kind of expensive sport and teach beginner mountain bike lessons so that was one of the services that we offered was you know if you don't know what you're doing at all give us a call we've got helmets gloves, a bike, will take you out on the trails and kind of from just maybe how to get on a bike and how to break or if somebody already knows all of that stuff but just doesn't know where to go. So it's been sort of everyday adventures is sort of our way of sharing the joyful things that we love in life with other people. So fitness coaching, Ayurvedic lifestyle counseling, which Ayurveda is a sister science to yoga. So it's just all about the elements and how those elements come up in your body and how you can have daily rituals, daily practices to help keep yourself healthy. So it's sort of just everything that we love kind of wrapped up into one thing. But we do have mountain bikes with us and we've been having a great time riding around in California around Santa Cruz. We found the most fun flow trail that we've ever been on. Um, <laughs> It was one of those, like, we get done and we're jumping for joy and just, like, so tired and exhausted, but, like, wow, this is what life is about. That's awesome. Yeah, and I feel like with mountain biking, you kind of get into that flow state, too, that place where you're not thinking about anything, there's no worries, you're uninhibited, that space that you can get to in meditation, it's just kind of a physical way of getting there. I feel Mm -hmm. like running and walking, you can do that, but it's important for us also to be able to find that in rest so that if we're ever sick or everybody's going to get old, you know, to have... I know, I know. We're trying to prolong it. You though, of all people are surprised by that. <laughs> but we are trying to act like kids too, right? Like yeah. just yeah. you know, yeah. go on bike rides and oh, yeah. be out in nature, and yeah. Life is too short. Yeah, and so I- enjoy these things. Yeah. And have you found difficulty in the travel component? Have you found challenges finding places to stay or has that been... Because you hear that all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, everything is full. Yeah. And we have this trip planned. We've had no trouble finding places mm. thus far. So far, yeah. At first, when our house sold, it was like, we feel really drawn to Sedona. Let's go there. But we sort of showed up at like spring break, like peak time. So we did see that there were some campgrounds that were full. But then it was like, okay, we got this great rigs for boondocking there's national forest all over the place and so we haven't had any trouble we did it's been a lot um, easier than it's been easier than than we thought okay we did find the first walmart there because you know walmart lets you park overnight but then places that are super cool don't let you no so like the city's (laughs) like so we we rolled into flagstaff thinking oh yeah we'll just stay here overnight on the way to sedona and then of course the walmart had all these like security and big signs and we were like oh no we thought you could just park there (laughs) but then we just quickly went over by a cracker barrel which was great and because they we didn't know. We found this out through internet searching that Cracker Barrel lets you park overnight as well. So. And you get breakfast. Right. We right. yeah. stayed for breakfast. Right. We were like, okay, well, we'll buy breakfast. Thank you. And yeah. Yeah. We, uh-huh. didn't, we didn't go into Walmart then. <laughs> we were like, that's terrible. 
for those of our audience, and I'm sure you've heard us say this before, but if you stay at a Walmart or a Cracker Barrel, first usually ask somebody in charge if you can, because a lot of cities now are making it so that you can't do that because of the, the homeless issue right. or whatever mm. the circumstance. So it's always good to ask somebody in a charge and leave it as well or better than when you got there which i don't that's not a surprise but there's some people who will put out their slides and and put jacks (laughs) down and then damage the pavement and wonder why why are they taking this privilege away from us yeah Yeah, or leave a bag of trash or whatever or just basically move in that's the problem that we've seen locally well that's why our that's why our local walmart is a the city's like yep nope no more yeah. Walmart parking. Yeah. Yeah. I can absolutely see why it's a thing. But we were, you know, it was just funny because we stayed, was it Taos the first night? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we first left, we just did like a quick overnight there and it was fine. There was a school bus of people that seemed like they were living there. But there were other, <laughs> mm-hmm. other just people just, you know, kind of passing through. And I totally get why places have to shut down. But it's also like kind of cool to just know like, oh yeah, this place will let you. There's yeah. going to be this, a Walmart in every city, but... And then not having boondocked. I mean, you didn't have an RV ever before, did you? Shortly. We had yeah. we had one, but it was vintage, and it was so vintage that none of the water or anything worked. And then we dry had, camping. Yeah, yeah. dry right. camping. We had a couple of camper vans that were also dry oh, camping. Oh, that's right. We yeah. talked about yeah. that. Yeah, we had uh-huh. a Volkswagen, and then we had an um, Astro Tiger. But, yeah, it was not like what we're doing now and not like where we're living. So, yeah, it was. we pretty much went from... The first night we sold our house, it closed late, and so we couldn't pick up the RV, so we got a hotel that first night, and then we picked it up, and we've been in it ever since. And we since. were living in wow. it. And yeah, so, I night. mean, how is how do you like boondocking? I like it. It's, I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I do, too. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. us. We're, we like boondocking yeah, we do. a lot. And I think a lot of people are mystified by it and really shouldn't be. And honestly, and I've told this story before, but in Southern California, in the Mojave Desert, like my family camped all the time. Well, that was boondocking. Yeah. It just didn't have a name back then. It was just camping. Uh And so when we got our new modern travel trailer and Tony said, I want to boondock. And I said, oh gosh, no, we have all these hookup things that we're supposed to use. (laughs) (laughs) And it really took him a while. It took a while before he talked me into trying it. And then I'm like, well, what was I so afraid of? This is how yeah. I grew up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. But I feel like as kids, there's so many things like with breathing. I, I teach people how to breathe like infants again, because that's like getting out of that fight or flight. So I feel like we know these things and then life gets us away from those things. Yeah. That we knew. Just and then we just have to remember it again. Yeah. So it was just remembering like, oh, yeah, I can do that. I already yeah. know how to do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. I've done this before. It's OK. And we have yeah. a background in tent camping and lots of backpacking and backpacking and things like that so this is like luxury yeah Yeah, it does feel really really (laughs) deluxe that we can like wash dishes and like take a hot (laughs) shower yeah Yeah. outdoor shower like when we we got in the ocean the other day and we came back to our site it was the at the malibu creek state park and we had the hot water and just to be able to stand outside and like hose off with warm water (laughs) it was just like we just felt so lucky um and then also i feel like we both you know have been concerned about environmental things and so just the boondocking itself it allows you to see how much water are you using Mm. what how much trash are you creating all of that like really think about the things you buy like the container of this thing that i buy i have to do something with it yeah it makes you cognizant of of how much water it takes to wash dishes or take a shower or any of that it's it's kind of cool when we took our two-week trip in january and we went down and 
spent time in the desert, went to Death Valley, and no place that I found was there ever like a dumpster or anything. And so we, yeah. every bit of trash that we produced in that two weeks, we brought home. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It really wasn't that bad. Yeah. But it was just like, okay, I've got this bag of trash. I'm going to dump it at the next place. And there was really never a place that we <laughs> stayed that we could find. I mean, I suppose we could have driven behind the Walmart or something, yeah. you know, but I didn't want to do that. So we made sure that we had as little trash as possible. And I feel like it's also, like you said, like leave a place even better than when you come and that's what we've picked up trash almost everywhere that we've been um Mm. at the henry cowell state park outside of santa cruz we had this beautiful campsite and they have these bear proof places for you to store your food but somebody had filled it with like fast food trash and i was like all right i'll just clean this up because i don't want it to be here for the next person but i feel like that's another just thing that i see rv people doing is like picking up after and we're reading more and more about national parks and state parks closing because of bad behavior so yeah. folks be a good neighbor yeah leave the place better than you found it yeah yes yeah, we want to keep us. being able to use the these facilities yeah. and that was part of the national forest that's another thing that we noticed outside of sedona was where we were camping was beautiful and great but a lot of people don't have the bathroom facilities and so there was kind of an overrun of like off in the bushes where it's like okay yeah. they're gonna need they to forgot their shovel exactly yeah. like somebody's gonna probably need to do something about that at, at some point you were talking about the gong and how special it is and unique and i i had always assumed gongs came from asia the gongs that you usually see are called wind gongs. They're an Asian-style gong. These are symphonic gongs. Um, they're a European-style gong. And the material that they're made of is different. The wind gongs, or Asian-style gongs, create one tone. So when you strike it, it creates basically one sound. And these have, they do have a fundamental tone, but they also they create many different sounds and overtones and that's kind of where you get the interesting kind of more complex sounds the overtones that they create and you were saying it's made in germany yes on a tree stump yes yeah they're all hand hammered you can kind of see the the hammer marks on them but they yeah they take a large tree stump the diameter of the gong and they put a thick piece of leather over it and pretty much just heat the the material and hammer it around the the tree stump. Wow. So see, there's so much more to know about this than (laughs) I originally had any concept of. That's so cool. Uh, Yeah. Is it brass? It's nickel silver. Okay. Yeah, they're made of nickel silver. And then you can get into the, the mallets and there's many different types yeah, so of mallets kind of three pair of different sizes yeah and i think i noticed at one point you kind of used one of the fluffy ones to kind of mute things a little uh-huh. bit yeah how do you learn to do i mean there's obviously got to be gong teachers yeah there's there's some training <laughs> that you can take <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we've we've taken uh, some trainings i've studied with matab benton he's been playing gongs forever but honestly you just have to time spent sit down in front of it and spend time with it you you build a relationship with it which you know seems strange if that's not (laughs) something that's in your kind of thought pattern but it's 
it's the only way I can explain it is you just sit in front of it, it and hours like, and hours and hours. Yeah, any musical instrument, you know, yeah. the, the people who are really good at it, that's exactly, that's a very accurate way of looking at it. I mean, I, yeah. I took a lot of years of private music lessons, but it's not until you really kind of become one with, I don't, I, no, I don't yeah, want to, but I mean, exactly. it's, that's when you start to really bring out the magic that's there. Otherwise it's yeah. just a, you know, big hunk of steel or it's yeah. a, it's a you know a right. wooden stick with holes in it or whatever right and then to go one step further i would even say once you kind of get down the this hitting it here makes this sound then i just try to get out of the way get whatever i have going on whatever my thought form is i get that out of the way and just let it kind of so then you can thing. feel the energy of the people in the yeah. space and sort of what they need, what their body needs, what their, you know, spirit, if you will, needs at that time. If, if everybody is needing more grounding or if everybody is pretty grounded and they're ready to take it up a little bit. Right? Yeah. Like, and it's just being kind of training yourself to be sensitive to what what's happening in the in the space and who you're working with. We do a lot of large groups, but you also I do one on ones and that's those are always the most fun. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. And again, you can find the classes on your website. Yes. Yeah. So that's the way to go in and give it a try. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We would love to hear from anybody who's Yeah, curious. or if anybody has any questions. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. If you would like to get hold of them, and I think you really should, mm -hmm. Everyday Adventures LLC, there are gift certificates there. You can mm -hmm. follow your journey with your blog. Yeah. You can buy classes. Yeah, and the Facebook group is Yoga, Breathing, and Gong Adventures on Facebook. It's a free group to join. If you just ask to join, we'll approve. And then those classes are free. So people can donate if they want, or they can just take them. And the classes are and there. Live vicariously through your awesome yeah. adventure. Yeah. That, yes. that too. That, yeah. Don't underestimate the value of that too. Right. That's that's pretty darn cool. We try to do a decent job of documenting what we're doing and taking photos and, and things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah and we do have a YouTube channel on the way. It just we haven't. We promised that we'd get, yeah. get some things up, and we just haven't. We've yet. been having too much fun. Yeah, to that's good. Yeah, sit down yeah. And do that. yeah. Mm -hmm. I completely that's approve of that. It is. Editing and such is, yeah. You have to just be somewhere yeah. quiet enough for a few days to really start like putting some of those things together. So, yeah. We'll have to just schedule those days because it's kind of been pretty action packed, which is not a bad yeah. thing. We'll have to go somewhere but. less exciting than California to get some <laughs> stuff done. <I> think. <laughs> yeah. You guys are proof that you can take your passion and turn it into your business and travel around and really make the most of this one-way adventure that we're all on right yeah want to live live yeah. life to the fullest Absolutely. for sure yeah if this last year has taught us anything it was like the time is now there's something you want to do do it yeah right that is right. the yeah there's the key right there yeah yeah well, thank you again for your time and for staying yeah. with us and Thanks for, for us. introducing yeah, us so to much. this. Yeah. Travis, do you want to take us out with another? Yeah, sure. This <laughs>
Camping is all about great experiences, and that's why we love Harvest Hosts. Harvest Hosts is the gateway to beautiful overnighting experiences. And with Harvest Hosts, you can boondock at wineries and breweries, cultural destinations, golf courses, so much more. It's a great alternative to traditional campgrounds. Yeah, a lot of those really great pictures you've seen online, like Instagram and such, have been taken at Harvest Host destinations, and you can experience those yourself. You can, and we've got a good deal on Harvest Host memberships on our partners page at StresslessCamping.com. Enjoy your next Stressless Camping getaway at a beautiful destination, and save money in the process. Winner, winner. Everyone's a winner. Yeah. Hey, chicken dinner. <laughs> we are with Zach Vanier of Martin Stream Campground in Turner, Maine. Welcome, Zach. Thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. It is a pleasure. And you're with Martin Stream Campground in Turner, Maine. Tell us a little bit about the campground, how many spaces you have and, and what all is going on there. So we're small little campgrounds. We have about 55 sites here. Um, majority of the sites that we rent out nightly are on the stream. Very big, giant, spacious, private sites. We got rentals and campers and yurts, and we got a bunch of activities. And we go by the name of the Hidden Gem of Turner because it's a very small little spot where not many people see us because we're on a main road, but we're on a dip on either side of the main road and a bridge. So people see the sign, but they're very hesitant to come in. And <laughs> once you come in, it's like a, it's a very spacious and beautiful world. Like a little oasis. That sounds lovely. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And where is Turner, Maine close to if I were to go with something I already know, like a big city or something okay. like that? Yeah. So we're about 45 minutes from Portland, Maine. Okay. Okay. Then uh, we're about an hour and a half from Bangor, Maine. We're about two hours from Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and about two and a half hours from Boston, Mass. So it's a travel distance from a, a whole bunch of city places that want to escape <laughs> on the weekends. Exactly, yeah. We have a lot of clientele that we're a good stop spot. And uh, so the main hub, like a lot of people come up to Maine. Um, because national parks, you know, we have one national park in the state and that's Acadia National Park. Mm -hmm. And I'm a perfect stop through to get to Acadia. You know, you've been driving for hours and hours on end and years. <laughs> like we just need somewhere to stop. And I get a lot of people that come here for a night or two nights or three nights just to, you know, kind of break their vacation apart to go up to Acadia or vice versa coming back down from Acadia National Park. So how far is Acadia Park from you? About three hours. Okay. And so I would imagine being in the upper right corner of the country, as it were, <laughs> you're probably pretty seasonal there, or do you or you stay open all, all year? Yeah, we are very seasonal. We do get buckets load of snow. We get a lot of freezing temperatures. We are not in California. <laughs> yeah, we are seasonal. We open up usually the first weekend in May and close typically Columbus Day weekend in October. And as you told us a little earlier, it's the middle of May now and it's pouring buckets of rain. So that doesn't mean the weather's over by May 1st. <laughs> well, actually, it was kind of like a freak storm, to be honest. I mean, it's been a beautiful day. I mean, Maine is so unpredictable. You can never predict the weather in Maine. Even if the weathermen say it's going to be sunny, you can never take the weatherman's advice because it never is. That's good to know. <laughs> I'm always convinced the weatherman is a guy with a great spray tan, a dartboard, and a shot glass. 
<laughs> you know what? I wouldn't mind having that job then. Right? <laughs> you said a lot of your campsites are right on the stream. That's Martin Stream? Yep, that's Martin Stream. Yep. So basically, once you come into the campground, there's a long, probably half-mile road that comes in, a uh, nice dirt road. And you see the stream right when you come in. There's a beautiful bench right down by the rapids. You sit down there and just enjoy the sounds and the animals and the birds that sit down there. And then you keep coming down the road and then you come into the campground and you're greeted by you know, beautiful rock gardens with flowers everywhere, our camp store, our office. And then you check in and then you head to the site and then you get greeted by the stream again. Excellent. That's awesome. Now, you had said rapids. Are those the kind, do people ride the rapids or is that so right now spring is high waters mm-hmm. it doesn't get much water i mean we get rain during the summer but we don't get very much rain so it's all the water coming down from the mountains and all the winter stuff coming off um once that happens i mean there's just rock so it's kind of like a a really peaceful calm but you have rock okay. um, versus not having rocks and having a smooth glassy water yeah where you can canoe kayak I've never had anyone go down the stream on a kayak to go rapid kayaking. Okay. It does sound like fun though. I would suggest it. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no if someone wanted to do it. <laughs> well, I just, I know there are places people specifically travel to so they can ride rapids. I know my dear co-host here has <laughs> specifically done that on purpose. Yeah. And on several I, occasions. <laughs> yeah. That's not for me. So I'm right there with you, Peggy. I, uh, I love the, uh, adventure almost near death kind of a thing (laughs) (laughs) but i guess that that stream is good for fishing though right it's very good for fishing right now i say this to everyone um if you're an avid fisher you love fly fishing you love just getting that line and seeing what you're going to get or trout fishing anything like that right now in may is the perfect time to do so because the water's high the trout are running they're laying the eggs. They're going into the deep pools where the swirls are at, and they're there. Nice. That's super cool. So you also have cool events every weekend. You have themed weekends every weekend. What's that like? Uh, it's busy. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so when I took over in 2016, they did some weekends, the typical Memorial, Fourth of July, Labor sure. Day weekends, and they, they had a couple scattered throughout. But I wanted to incorporate more type of different themed weekends. So every weekend was a different type, bring more different clientele in to have that different special kind of feel. Right. Like the newest weekends this year is the Hawaiian Luau. And we got the eighties neon weekend. Oh um, yeah. That was a new one. <laughs> That'd be cool. I'm a huge tie dye guy. Yeah. I love tie dye. I have a tie dye golf cart. Wow. Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> I'm like a super hippie when it comes to things like this. <laughs> That's how I kind of portray my my campground. You know, you get here, you enjoy yourself. You just let go from out there. You know, don't worry about what's out there. Don't check your phone. Don't check your emails. Don't go on Facebook unless <laughs> you want to post something on the stream. And just enjoy yourself. You know, that's what it's all about here. That's what camping is all about. Right. Yeah. So you're only open part of the year, and I imagine that that part of the year gets pretty busy. Do people make reservations Very. really early on, or is it pretty easy to get a reservation a little bit closer to last minute we've been getting busier every single year for the last four years and this year i had to change up my booking process when it came to people wanting to reserve 
So on a typical year, we don't usually open our bookings until the first of the new year. So this year it was January 1st. We opened up our bookings. Uh-huh. In the years past, you were only able, like, you could book anything you wanted. Like, it didn't matter how many nights or whatever. So this year changed for the first two months. It was only month-long bookings and week-long bookings only. Oh, okay. Just to help out the whole schedule on our end because... We knew it was going to be so busy. Those week and months kind of buffer the weekends or the couple nights here and there thing. Right. And then March came, and then we opened up our two-night minimum bookings. Okay. And that's how we're That's what we're on right now. Now, with that kind of special events and those unique things, it's not something we hear a lot. Did you have a background in event planning, or what what brought on that kind of ideas for, for the campground? Didn't have anything in the background. Nope. Um, I started the campground when I was 19, so I was, well, I'm still young, but (laughs) I just like having fun. I mean, I I love having fun. (laughs) I just want to make it a really special thing for those campers that are with me. That's a brilliant way to run a business. Do something that you really enjoy and provide an environment for people that you would really enjoy yourself. Because other people are, are going to enjoy that, and they're going to tell their friends, and the word's going to spread. Exactly, and it's happened. There's a lot of snowmobile clubs and four-wheeler clubs around me, because we have a big trail system around here. Uh-huh. And they do this poker run. And I was very intrigued about it, and I didn't really know much about it, so I tried it out. And we just go campsite to campsite to campsite. Each campsite hosted drinks and food. They get a stamp, and they go to the next one. And when they come back to me at the, our big event hall and they pick the five cards out of the bag and whoever has the best hand wins the pot. It's probably one of the best weekends to do something like that. And it's fun. It sounds like you guys have some really great activities. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to come and camp there. So if people aren't enjoying a gathering, do they enjoy things outside of camp? I know you said the park is three hours away, but is there? are you in a town that has things to see or are you pretty much really secluded and it's like camp is the thing to do a little bit of both we're in the western mountain region so we're in an area where an hour's drive anywhere will get you to whatever you want so we're, we're basically snap dab in the middle of whatever you want to go see in the minute you want to go hike a mountain go hike a mountain you want to see another national park hike a mountain you want to go down to the the coast see the beaches go to freeport go to portland go to Booth Bay, go to Gunquit, any of those places like that, you can do that all in a day's trip. Right. Come back here and enjoy a nice fire with your family. Yeah. So I have a lot of locals. Like a lot of people camp here that are from Maine. Like I'd say about 60% of my clientele that camp here are from Maine. Okay. Those people that come here, they stay here. They basically just know that they're not going to be leaving and they just enjoy themselves while they're here. Right. So it's a little bit of both, like I said. Okay. But then around the area, are there any places that you, you don't want to miss, like especially food places, or is there a local type of cuisine that people you know might even come there for, get out of their way for? So, yeah, I mean, you got the Maine Lobster. I mean, we have a lot of different restaurants around the area that have and serve lobster. So my favorite, so let's just talk about the town of Turner itself. My suggestion and my recommendation for the best restaurant in Turner, if staying here, breakfast is probably the best that they serve, would be Terry and Maxine's. They're about 
maybe eight miles from the campground. So not and far. It's probably one of my favorite places. No, not far at all. Okay. Most people that come to my campground will pass it. Um, they <laughs> won't notice that they pass it, but they will pass it. Like if they get off the highway coming up from 95. Okay. Another place that's right up the road, it's called Ricker Hill Orchard. I recommend people that come here in the fall because apple picking and pumpkins, you know, all that kind of oh, yeah. fall festivities. There's an orchard right up the road, and they also have a tasting room as well. And they make their own cider and their wines, and I recommend that to them. That sounds, that good. sounds good. A lot of people from Maine, because I mean, I, it depends on the people that come from, you know, cross country or anywhere to come here. A lot of people that do come cross country just come to see family. They might not even know that Ricker Hill or like that, but every time I come here, I always recommend places to eat, places to go see, and just different things that they could do while being here if they don't want to like sit here. And- right, right. Yeah, That's it sounds cool. like coming in the fall and then, and like you said, visiting that apples and cider and pumpkins. That's such a beautiful image in my yeah. brain. <laughs> well, and then you have the turning of the leaves up there yeah. and that sort of thing, which we don't really get here. Oh, right. It is absolutely phenomenal here in the fall. It takes my breath away every time. And I've lived in Maine and New Hampshire my whole life. So I've seen, I mean, I'm so used to it, but every time it just blows me away. The colors, the vibrant, I mean, it's neon colors. It's not like a brown. Yeah. (laughs) And how did you and your dad get into buying a campground? What prompted that? Were you lifeline campers? I grew up camping. He grew up taking me camping and stuff like that. Um, it was honestly a spur of a moment for myself. I just got back from a backpacking trip around the world, and he's like, we're going to go buy a campground. I guess he just wanted a different change in his life, and he wanted to get out of his corporate job and driving down to Boston every day and sitting in the traffic. And we came back to the town that I actually grew up in, and then he basically, we came up here, we looked at it, and next thing you know, a couple months later, he's signing the contract, I am too. I put all my money I had growing up into it, yeah. blazing my way over at Market Basket, and <laughs> we went on it. But it sounds like you are the right person to work there. I mean, yeah. the ideas you have and your outlook and all makes it a great place to go to. It really is. And I didn't know I was going to be doing this because, you know, I was just kind of a 19-year-old kid just floating away in life and, you know, <laughs> traveling and you know, doing the college things. I dropped out of college to go traveling. I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself. And when I had this opportunity to do this, and I was just like, okay, whatever, sure. (laughs) And then the last four years of doing this by myself, because he gave it to me for a period of time, and now he's back running it with me. And I just fell in love with it. It's definitely a huge passion I have. And the people that come here are just absolutely amazing. And they drive me to be amazing and i just love it that is is a great great. statement that's fantastic so zach is there one thing that you wish campers knew before they came to visit you travel with an open mind don't let the small things affect the big things and the end of the trip i mean you're in it for the long haul and you're in it to make memories with your family or with your spouse or with your partners and just have fun with it you know like, stay happy. That's our motto here at Martin Stream, and that's what I tell everyone is to stay happy. That that's is yeah, beautiful. That's brilliant advice. Yes. I love it. That's very wise. Well, Zach, as usual, I have a new place to visit on my list of places that I never knew I wanted to go, and now I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah well, Martin Stream. 
Absolutely. And, and of course, we'll tell our friends who happen to listen to this Restless Camping podcast. So, Zach Vanier, thank you so much for your time this afternoon telling us about your family's awesome campground. And, and I, I, as I said, I love your outlook on how to make it even better. Yes. Well, I appreciate being on this with you guys. And it's been very nice. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Have a great day and a wonderful camping season. Thank you so much, guys. Well, hopefully you're relaxed. Maybe you might want to go out to Martin Stream Campground. And let's say you're towing with mm, a Ram 1500, for example. For example. Yeah. Weird that you would just pull that right out of the sky. Just right out of the sky. (laughs) And let's say, even though you have a smaller travel trailer, when it's hooked up, even with weight distribution bars and loaded properly... The headlights still are not aimed straight. In other words... That ram is kind of saggy bottom. It does have a saggy behind. (laughs) And let's be honest. So our ram has us, and it has a camper shell, which adds... That's got to be 200 pounds back there, right? Weight distribution hitch, that's... 100 pounds-ish or so. Sure feels like it when you carry it around. I'm not sure if it is, but... And then anything else we put in the bed of the pickup and gasoline. Mm -hmm. And the trailer... Well, yeah. I mean, I'm just talking about the load on the rear oh, springs. And then, yeah, then you add the trailer. Oh, yeah, the pin and weight. Yeah, let's say the tongue weight on that is 500 pounds, right? It's about, a uh, trailer's about 3,200 pounds, 15%. But then I think it's a little heavier than that. So anyway. Anyway. We got a saggy bottom. So this <laughs> week, we put in airbags. And the way these work, so the Ram 1500s have coil springs in the back. And what the significance of that is, is we can just put airbags right inside the springs, which helps with the load to aim the headlights properly and get the truck the proper height. So essentially to determine that is you have the truck unloaded, you measure the height of each wheel well from the, you know, the wheel housing from the top there to the ground. And then you put the trailer on and you measure it and usually the back goes down some. Well, the airbags compensate for that. Now, one of the things I've heard a lot is, oh, good, I can carry more weight. No. The idea is to be able to better carry the weight the truck was designed to hold and aim the headlights properly and just get the whole thing sitting right. So, no, it's not to increase what you can carry. Uh, it was a really inexpensive repair. I think the airbags on Amazon cost me like 100 bucks, And then I attempted to put them in. And then, <laughs> I think so, we talked about that a few weeks ago yeah. that he was going to do it. And he tried. I'll give yeah, him this. He jacked tried. Jacked up the truck and took the tires off and all of that. And it just, I'm like, eh, no. So I took it somewhere and they did it. And it was a couple hours of shop time. Yep. So anyway, we have now them now. Done. Yeah. And it, boy, what a difference it makes. <laughs> the truck, I think, rides better. It's a little bit firmer because of the airbags. A neat thing about the airbags is you can inflate or deflate them to compensate for loads. Oh. And we always bring an air compressor with us so that we can inflate tires. And you can also set these up with a 
compressor in the truck but i already have a compressor so why why right. do that so it's built with like a valve stem in your tire and it's sticking out of the yeah back so there's <laughs> what, that that valve is called a schrader valve and there is one and i had originally intended to put it in the bolt of the license plate because then it's you know not an additional hole in the back of the truck however ram put quite a piece of steel back there and so we drilled it and put it elsewhere and I'm happy. So put a link to the ones we bought. They're available for a variety of vehicles. So something to think about if your truck doesn't sit properly when towing a travel trailer. Uh, it's a way to compensate for that saggy bottom. Fabulous. Yeah. So last week, our question of the week, I asked you to tell me about your daring DIY projects that you've done. <laughs> our, I think our you know really big daring thing was that we took the sofa out the jackknife sofa from under the Murphy bed and sold it. And, I think the daring thing is doing that back. before I told my wife. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's pretty the, daring. All the men out there are like, what are you, nuts? <laughs> Why, yes, I, I said, am. yeah, let's try it out for our next trip. And he said, yeah, I'm taking it to work tomorrow and selling it. Anyway, it's been fine. It's been great. Yeah. We love it. And that's been kind of our biggest real change that's a kind of a permanent change because yeah. we can't put it back because it's not here well, anymore. Well, we could if we bought another one, but <laughs> right? we won't because it was uncomfortable. But we wanted to know what you have done. And I know some of you are a lot more handy and daring than that. <laughs> or crazy. It depends. <laughs> and so Tony, not this Tony, Tony cut a hole in the roof to install his Pepwave antenna. Which is something that I would be interested in putting in our trailer. We did put a Wii Boost. We permanently mounted a Wii Boost in our trailer to give better Wi-Fi signal. But what I did is use the hole for the TV antenna and put it up through that and didn't have to cut an additional hole. So right. that was kind of... Because we don't have a TV in our travel trailer. Right. So Pam pulled out all the carpeting and put laminate, which I love that idea. I'm really glad that our trailer didn't have any carpeting because oh, yeah. we accumulate so much dust and dirt just in the throw rugs that we have. Well, <laughs> I can't and imagine. More and more RVs in general are coming with zero carpeting all together, which is hooray for the RV industry on that. Yep. So Bill went to remove the top bunk, and for that, he had to remove the paneling in the bathroom to access the screws, and then he removed a nightstand huh. <laughs> and upgraded to a king mattress, and he took the sofa bed out, and he installed theater seating, which, of course, required him to add electrical wiring and a receptacle in the slide out to provide power for the seating yeah he was that's... he's been and and when we commented he said those were just the big projects he also wow. had a long list of smaller projects so go you bill didn't our friend michael take out one of the bunks or did he just use his bunks as storage i don't recall okay i remember seeing the trailer and i was so there were so many mods to the trailer michael who has a great youtube channel by the way we'll, yes. we'll put a link to that michael's got a great youtube channel and he really gets in depth on things right so Mary said that they removed the dinette and they put a couch in, which I really kind of like that idea. If our dinette wasn't where a lot of things are stored, yeah. like the water heater. Yeah, on our <laughs> RV. We can't the... really take out our dinette, but I'd kind of much rather have a couch or a couple of easy chairs in place of the dinette. But we have what we have and that's Indeed. okay. 
Yeah, we can't move the dinette because the water heater and some other things are under one of the benches. And the other one is a drawer that has a lot of our kitchen stuff. Right. And there's only two drawers in the trailer. So So Sarah cut a hole to make a laundry chute and access to the water heater from the inside for maintenance. I see that quite a bit. I see that... I don't know. Some manufacturers, I think, actually make that little trap door into the outside storage. And I've seen it used a lot for laundry chute. And I've seen it used a lot for the cat's area. Yeah. Well, (laughs) a lot of Keystone RVs have that. That's, That's something you see in a lot of like bullets and that sort of thing. So way to go, you guys. I applaud your daring DIYs. And I would say that you've inspired us, but we know we can't do those kind of things. (laughs) (laughs) You've put us in awe, but not like we're going to steal any ideas. (laughs) All right. And speaking of stealing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the question for this week, and I see this on Facebook, I see the discussion a lot, is whether you've had things stolen while you were camping. And I kind of taken a poll to see what your answer might be. Yeah. And where do you find all these great questions of, the week. You can find this question of the week and all the questions of the week on our Stressless Camping Podcast group on Facebook. Indeed. And did you know that we did a once a week newsletter, which is absolutely, totally, completely and absolutely free? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) It is. Tony writes that all week long when he comes up with some great news, some good things that he should share with you. And it's not only things that we have done or seen, but things that we find on the internet that are worth sharing. Absolutely. So that's absolutely free. And of course, we'll never share your information with anybody We don't else. share your information. So if you just visit stresslesscamping.com, there's a link there and you can sign up for our newsletter and we will send you a weekly newsletter and that's all we will do with yep. it. Hey, did you know we're also in all the social places and you can find us first at stresslesscamping.com and from there, jump off and go all over the social world. We will be there waiting for you. And while you're on stresslesscamping.com, there's a deals and discounts page and that's a good one. We've got deals on things you're going to need for your stressless camping adventure. Absolutely. And of course, if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it's free. It is free to subscribe on any podcast app. We always save you a seat around our virtual campfire. And did you know if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, it tells Apple that we're here doing our job and that you're appreciating what we're doing and they want to recommend our podcast to more people. So reviews from you are just their absolute gold for us. I mean, not only are they lovely to read, but they also serve a a very important purpose with Apple. And that means, you know, the more listeners we have, the better the guests we get. That's right. Thank you again for joining us this week. This is episode 98. We're closing in on 100. Closing in on 100. Kind of exciting. Yeah. We sure appreciate you coming along for this journey. We hope you're already out there enjoying some stressless camping. And in doing so... Happy camping! We hope you learned a lot, had some fun, and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping!